Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Sal. I'm joined today by Jordan Bloom from Minor Threats and several other Marvel books that you are probably very familiar with, uh, including MODOK and uh, <laughs> uh, Spider-Verse, which includes, uh, or Edge of Spider-Verse, I should say. That was the, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah. I'm, excited. I'm doing more of that stuff. I, I, I just got Good. to announce I'm doing a Venom story uh, that's going to be just as absurd, if not more, than the Spider-Ham one I got to do. So, good, uh, good, yeah. No, that Spider-Ham book was that Spider-Ham story within it was great. I uh, I remember reading it and being like, huh, I really like the use of this. I wish there was like a series with him just doing this. Just, just, <laughs> well, this kind of I, I, thought, I think I misunderstood the assignment where I think they just wanted a Spider-Ham story, and then I was, I was like, oh, this is one of those where you get to create a new Spider-Man and he'll pop up right in the bigger Spider-Verse <laughs> story. So I threw one in there, and they're like, well, thank you for that, but we just really needed the Spider-Ham thing yeah. so uh, we'll see if anyone any- does anything with pete spider-man one day oh and i think i mean it is it, finally addressing the hyphenless spider-man like i've been making i i know that joke so well from like just childhood being like his name isn't like harold spider-man like attorney at law yes. like he's he's got a he's got a hyphen there for a reason but yeah pete spider-man is so great and i mean there has know, to it, be one multiverse yeah Exactly. And in the world, in a world of spider verses and across and edge of and intos, I feel like there's inevitability that that Pete's going to show back up. (laughs) Um, So, Jordan, you actually did a lot of research for this, and uh, I I did it in as much as I read the books and stuff. I I, we we heavily delved into this. But if you're watching the show and you're familiar with the episode title and thumbnail, then, you know, we're talking about Secret Wars. We're just going to look back and chat a little bit about the Hickman mega event that arguably changed marvel and the way we look at it it was like the i want to say it's one of the biggest marvel events of all time i'll say this it's the best marvel event of all time that's fair i think that's the you know there's there's stiff competition against that and it's but it's rare it's like it's very I mean, what, small what, you say? what infinity gauntlet uh, yeah, I mean, even then it wasn't really much of a crossover. It was a crossover, but like yeah. very, the tie-ins were very tangential. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of left to their own devices. And at the end of the day, you know, Infinity Gauntlet is really just about Thanos and Adam Warlock. <laughs> like every day. Yeah, it, it deals with a lot of like, yeah, like you're saying, like Pip the Troll and yes, Nebula and all these kind of Jim Starling characters getting the bulk, I think, of the story. And it's a great story. But what I think Secret Wars does is it tells the ultimate Marvel Universe story uh, yes. and Fantastic Four really at the heart of it. Um, right. So, but rereading it, everyone gets a moment from the Punisher to Groot to yep. the Thing, which I think we can talk about later gets the best moment oh, of the yeah. entire series. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Spider-Man, Miles that get their their time to shine, and I think feels like a love letter to to Marvel in a way that reflects on the original secret wars which is a first crossover right yep, yep. And the first big event i should say yeah um, there, there's also marvel contest of champions which i think predates secret wars by like a year or two right. and it's it's not great <laughs> like it's, a it's not a, yeah it's a one it's a good opening act for secret wars yeah yeah and i just think that this one you know has ties to the original because doom is a big part of the original he actually harnesses yes. the power of the beyonder which is essentially what jump starts this this series um mm-hmm. molecule man is actually a big part of the original secret wars and secret wars 2 he ends up yeah. being a huge kind of MacGuffin um in this so i don't know it's it, it reflects on that but also 
looks forward. And again, it just gives you those like stand up and cheer moments for almost every character. Black Panther, everyone gets this, this a scene at least or a panel where you're like, yes. I love that character. I love that character. And this right. reminds and- me why. And it's definitive. Like, it is a moment that you know, like, the stakes have never been higher, but in a, like, way that works without it feeling inauthentic, while Mm -hmm. also still allowing the stakes to be character-based, story-based, but also it doesn't break the universe because the universe is already broken, so it's okay. Like, I mean, just... The first issue ends, right, with, like, uh, Marvel Universe 19... 62 to i forgot what this 2016 when whatever this yeah, came 2015, out 2016 yeah yeah smashing uh, like just yeah ending yeah it tells you it's dead the marvel universe yeah. is new, dead something new starting in issue two yeah yeah and it yeah. And, and it's so apropos that it smashes into the ultimate universe like i love that the last two universes standing are ultimate and marvel proper because of the time during the ultimate line like at the height of the ultimate line there was scuttlebutt throughout from pundits, like, you know, from fans, from creators being like, are they just going to jump ship? Like, will mm-hmm. the, the, will the ultimate universe ultimately supplant the Marvel universe someday? Uh, obviously looking back, it's like, that was never going to happen. That was such yeah, a silly idea. Hell no, we'll take miles and the evil Reed Richards and everything else. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And and they've and they've never really yeah and, and it's like it's a fitting end to the ultimate universe based on h- how it was kind of head in the direction that it was going at that point. Yeah. And nowadays at the fancy of certain creators the ultimate universe is like it, it, it kind of like blips back to life for a minute and then you go. Yeah. yeah well, I don't think they're going to do I anything mean, the with thing it. Is, it was a good experiment to do streamlined comics that could get new readers in right and i think it worked it was highly successful but then the same thing happened is that it started to collapse under the weight it was doing new continuity and i think there was sort of a shift where a lot of good talent was also moving back to the main marvel universe you had kind of bendis um, you know, back uh, headlining Avengers, which became the book, and you had Hickman on Fantastic Four, and he had left, I think, like he had done the Ultimates and stuff like that. So there was already kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the writing was on the wall for the Ultimate yeah. Universe when this was happening, but it was very cool that this year long storyline in, in Avengers, um, with these, these, what was it called? The collisions of the planets? Oh, incursions. Uh, um, yeah. Incursions. Thank you. That it comes down to these two worlds and it, the book opens with a giant war between. Yeah. And I think that was such a great way to kick off the series. Oh, agreed. Oh, I, I love how it, it actually really, it, it, it hurt me so bad to see that when the Marvel universe ends, it ends with Iron Man and Captain America back at each other's throats again. But yes, when, when you Avengers look at the, book, right? right. But when you look at the subtext of it, of like being, yeah, I mean, like arguably civil war may have like broken the event by being so successful and mm-hmm. also it being like technology versus like class versus, you know, like tradition and mm-hmm. all of that kind of like being the last remnants of the world before the end of everything. Like there's, there's a lot to it that while you're sad, these two characters who are, you know, beloved by fans and are known to be teammates and friends, but they, right. but they die at each other's throats. And you're like, yeah, but when you think about it, like cosmically and, 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 you know, mythologically, you're like, yeah, no technology versus tradition at, at, mm-hmm. at odds at the end of everything. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's, 
that's fair. All right. And plus, like, what are they going to do? <laughs> you know, like it's at the at the core of Secret Wars, the core book, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it is a Fantastic Four story at the end of the day, which mm-hmm. is also really fun because, of course, it's during a time when everything that Hickman had been writing was building towards that moment or towards mm-hmm. this event. But also behind the scenes, Fantastic Four is is kind of like being suppressed. And so, yes. And I think that's the most exciting thing about it is this is literally going to be the biggest story, right? Uh, yep. For for years, and I'm mourning the Fantastic Four. You know, to me, they are one of the most significant parts of the Marvel universe. And what this is why it comes down to Fantastic Four is they're also the first Marvel Age heroes, right? So yeah. this you're ending the Marvel universe or rebooting the Marvel universe. It's got to come down to them because they were at the beginning. Yeah. And so I'm, here I am. I'm depressed. I love you know the fantastic four one which then you go back and you're like oh if you really want to read all this at the beginning of his fantastic four run which yep. then continues he, he jumps to avengers but it's still that same story building and then by the time you get to the last issue of secret wars you're like this was one long fantastic four love story you know exactly. an ode to them <laughs> and and it comes down to doom and read as it should and i think that was such a moment to celebrate. You're like, oh my God, he got it past Ike Perlmutter, whoever was in yeah. charge. And he ended up like um, kind of sneaking in this this love letter to the Fantastic Four and Absolutely. making it the biggest crossover for years. And just to jump back to what you were saying about Civil War, I kind of feel like all the crossovers and the Marvel Universe as a whole was kind of living in the shadows of, uh, of Civil War. It was the biggest storyline of the time. Um, yep. You know, I think people are kind of split on it. I think most of it's pretty good. And, um, you know, after that, there's some really good cohesive Marvel storytelling with Dark Reign and Siege and all these other stories. But none of them kind of ever hit the excitement levels or scope, I want to say, of of, um, Civil War. So I love the idea that Avengers ends with Civil War kind of being rehashed and then it's just kind of wiped away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, uh, somehow Hickman manages to pull this hat trick of Secret Wars being like dwarfing Civil War. Civil War being almost like a footnote within the cosm- uh, the the concept of, of Secret Wars. They do this thing that I think the closest analogy I can think of that Marvel or DC or anybody has ever done is like Age of Apocalypse, where. Mm-hmm. During the X-Men Age of Apocalypse, they were like, oh, uh, you know, we, we go back in time, we kill Xavier, uh, and, and we change the timeline. And so for a little while, we're going to do this timeline. Secret Wars is similar in as much as, like, we're going to, for a little while, the Marvel Universe is dead, and this is what's left. All the books are canceled, and we spin out with dozens of titles that, by and large are excellent now i remember you talking about uh off mic i think you mentioned you're like i kind of just looked at the the core book but like i i love the core book because every reason you said and more because like you can pick through it you can find moments in it Saad ribbick's art is second to none it gives you this like mythological quality to it it feels it feels like 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 a kingdom come kind of thing where it's like this is special and important and deep and big uh but those but those tie-ins or really just mm-hmm. the line the books that came out during that time are some of the best work from those creators Kieran Gillen comes on the scene 
from the indie scene and from other uh, works and gives us stuff like Siege. I believe Karen Gillen wrote Siege, but like not, not yeah, Siege the event, but Siege the tie-in book. <laughs> Siege actually has the best moment in the entire crossover because we keep talking about the thing and just to give a little backstory, you know, we have this battle world. It's these yes. different sections of of different storylines and alt universes and stuff. They're all kind of patchwork together and they're run by barons who all serve under God, Doom, world and all that stuff. And we, you know, during the first issue, the Fantastic Four kind of get scattered. Uh, they're on this life raft as the world is, is dying. And we find Sue and the kids and they're side by side with Doom and Johnny is the son who is yeah. powering, you know, everything. And you're like, where's Ben? Where is Ben? And, um, and we find Reed, you know, shows up. He's going to kind of be the hero of the story. And you're wondering where Ben is. And there's um, very much like Game of Thrones. And, I, you know, like I was amazed at how much it leaned into Game of Thrones. And but it doesn't yeah. care uh, in a way right. that there is a wall that holds back the Marvel zombies. Right. And. I believe Annihilus's uh, Annihilation Wave and all that stuff. Yeah. So there is a wall that's guarded, and it isn't the entire series. And Siege, right, is set there. And yep. Thanos, of all people, goes to the wall and <laughs> find out the wall is Ben Grimm. And yep. he has the line, and I'm going to butcher it. He says something like, that and he says it's clobbering god now i wish i i wish i had oh yeah no he says what time is it mr grim (laughs) (laughs) he says awakens him and you have a giant thing who goes to fight a giant franklin richard powered galactus in a kaiju fight and it's amazing and again it's like those moments right there yeah but kieran gillen got that moment in his book yeah it's not even as good when you see it happen in the in the main book no no but when you yeah but it's it's and it does that thing that like tie-ins tend to botch which is that like if it shows you another version of that scene you know like you you go oh is that like i would like to see that or that's a scene that i hope is paid off in a tie-in that gives me a deeper version of it and you're like oh it's either glossed over it's never it never comes up in this right. case you actually get a way more fun look at uh, that moment and get depth and and explanation i mean thanos is another major thing and it's amazing how this book manages to do okay so it, it, the book is so big and it's so important to marvel and it's just like you could go anywhere with it but uh applauding it for its ability to be timeless while also doing the work that you imagine marvel wants done which is like by the way if you could like make thanos really important for a little while that would really help us out like if you could make you could highlight black panther in a big way you know if you could it is a core story about doom versus richards but at the same time could you also really focus on uh, captain marvel and give her something really important to do can we give thor something interesting and just focus on these characters who we're going to see on the screen all united doing something kind of impressive you know in in a short little while could you please like and i don't i don't feel like it's all checking boxes and directives but it still manages to do it and it does it in a way that feels authentic and you're just like yeah like you know what i know thanos and while thanos written by hickman is the closest thing to thanos since starlin and even then it's very different i still buy it and he feels that I feel that kind of gravitas that like you don't get when you're not reading like an Infinity Saga book by Starlin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yet like you're in this world where you know doom is god and thanos is like but that should be me <laughs> and you're kind of yeah. like that's fair and i want to see that fight and the fight is two panels but they're dynamite panels <laughs> yeah uh just dissolves them um yeah. it's what's really interesting and you were talking about you know with hickman it kind of hit me uh, the success right of, of the spinoffs yeah. is you've seen this now with x-men um where people have kind of referred to him as a showrunner and yeah. what he does very good at is instead of trying to control every little piece, he creates kind of a sandbox that inspires people and gets people excited and then goes, go run with that story. And I think he's done yes. that with Krakoa. And I think that's exactly what secret wars is, is where some of the series tie in more like siege, um, you know, others like, there's a whole Western world we never even see in the main book. That's like a Marvel, you know, Wild West oh, that Jerry yeah, Duggan does. So, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. There's a map, I think, at the very end of the first issue or second that explains Battle World. And yeah. then it's up to creators to pitch fun books, you know, set in them. And the beauty is, is that there's multiple versions of these characters living on. It's a multiverse smashed together. Yep. So it's like, yeah, you want to use, you know, Spider-Man in your Kung Fu one, go do that. You know, cause we got a Spider-Man over here and we've got, you know, uh, a half world. And, you know, it's just really neat that the people were, you know, the creatives were allowed to just do their thing and either supports the main series or it's bonus. And right. I think it made those series really fun to read. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, every tie-in or book that came out at that time was doing something that was so, that that's appears, and I hope it was for these for, for a lot of these creatives, creatively satisfying, fresh, and entirely different. Like, none of these pitches would fit in what was going on in books that they supplanted. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, oh, I can really save my 1602 Witch Hunter Angela book for something else. Nope, this is the only time you're ever going to be able to do that. And they do it so well that you're like, yeah. oh man. And some of them have virtually nothing to do. The Renew Your Vows one, for example, where it's like, yeah, you guys want Spider-Man and Mary Jane married? Here you go. That's that world <laughs> where that happened. And like the last page, they go, hey, what was our main villain's problem? Oh, I don't know. He wanted to fight some guy named Doom. That's it. There's virtually nothing to do with Doom or the story, but mm. That's fine because first of all, you get getting a Kubert drawing it, which is awesome. And secondly, you're getting essentially what people, what a, what a sect of the audience has been clamoring for, which is a married mm -hmm. Spider-Man with a kid. So it's like you're getting a lot of fan service while also getting something original and exciting and new. Um, I've argued I that, think that's, yeah. I was just gonna say, I think that is an answer to what I time I, I tend to find like, um, these these uh, tie-in fatigue being that like, oh, they tell this tiny little insignificant story, but we're told it's this bigger thing and it's supposed to move the story forward and it's supposed to be directly here where this to make this thing fit this tiny little section of a bigger story, you know, to fill in a gap or something like that. We're here, I think these writers were told like, pitch me the craziest ghost writer yes. you could. Oh, they're all racing each other? awesome go make it you know yeah like it's you got five issues way. like right like and then of course it's you also reading premium premium what ifs by yes. amazing talent. 
you know, where yeah. sometimes what if was always like, oh, can we grab this artist? Can we grab that real quick, get them out. Uh-huh. One story, one done, we're out. These were like, I've got an epic story to tell. You know, it's kind of what publishers, like DC's been really good at lately with yeah. Elseworlds and Black Label is like, you know, sometimes you just want to tell a four issue epic story that uses the characters and interesting the continuity if we kill them or whatever this is its yes. own thing let it be and i think that's what a lot of those books were 100 um getting back to the main book uh and just talking about that book for a second again um oh, i forgot like the black orders in that book too and so it's like synergistically speaking it makes a lot of sense um uh black swan is like everything that like hickman was building finally coalesces and it's one of those things where i remember when and i'm sure you do too uh just the scuttlebutt people talking about hickman's work from fantastic four to avengers and it's uh coordination with the new avengers book that he was also doing um it's it's almost too esoteric you're just kind of like where are we going with this like what is all this and uh seeing the 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 payoff like the slam dunk of secret wars you're like let him do whatever he's going to do next which is why i think there was so much good faith for the x-men line because it's like oh well He'll he'll nail it. Uh, <laughs> knock yeah. himself out. Don't get in his way. Um, I feel and- like we should talk about the X Men in this story because I think it's interesting. Because oh, sure. yeah, they're being they- sidelined during this era. Completely. Yeah. They, yeah. They are a casualty of the like the 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 unspoken edict about mm-hmm. Fox properties, and it's like you can't help but showcase richard's doom and the fantastic four and do something with them and as you pointed out like making them mythological cornerstones in the infrastructure of the world itself is a smart way to hide them you know you can hide ben Grimm in a wall and make him make a be a big deal at the end and still argue with your art with your with your with your bosses like don't worry they're not really important until they are uh but with X-Men, that's a tougher that's a tougher nut to crack. And I think you're right that they are absolutely sidelined. Like the 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 bulk of X-Men stuff we get from this, outside of the tie-ins, of course. And even then, it's a shame. We we did get more X-Men tie-ins than I would have expected, but I think fewer than we would have if X-Men was allowed to flourish. Uh yeah. but well, it's mostly it, just Cyclops with, with the Phoenix Force. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> and I kind of want to talk about that because it's a very weird storyline because this is happening right around the end of the bendis stuff right bendis wraps up run and Mm -hmm. the vibe i get is that there was big editorials yeah right around this time because the phoenix egg comes out blame that later Mm -hmm. kind of thing because uh, yeah. it's not really set up in the run, if I remember correctly. And I'm actually, I really like a lot of the Bendis run. I think bringing the original X-Men in, like the yep. follow-up to AVX, where Cyclops essentially becomes the new Magneto. Yes. And, you know, with a, with a darker side. I love that. And I love that Wolverine becomes the headmaster during this era. So suddenly Wolverine is the Boy Scout and Cyclops is kind of the unpredictable uh, rebel. Uh, yes. And it's a really fun period to switch roles. But this is all building towards, I believe, X-Men 600 or some big issue. And you can feel storylines being rushed. Yeah. And there's some 
editorial inconsistencies. I remember I keep bringing up Havoc, but that was one too. Where he's <laughs> yeah. mad, he's good. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, you can see Hickman has his plans. I know Beast is a big part of the lead up to, to Secret Wars. And Cyclops shows up in issue one with this Phoenix egg that I assume was supposed to have been set up somewhere. Yes. Uh, and he's the only one on board this life raft. And he shows up and he's Phoenix powered. And it's this big scene with him and Doom, and it kind of ends instantly. And that's kind of it for the X-Men. Sinister is the only other big presence in the main book. Um, and and you know it's just because Hickman movie. loves Sinister. Like, you yeah. know, it's just because Hickman's like, well, I can't not use Sinister. And that's never more apparent than he is in the current, like, Krakoa era of X-Men. Yeah, where now central he's figure. Got, he's got his own <laughs> event now, which is dynamite, by the way. Like, yeah. I, I, if anything, I'm just like, oh, my God, can Cy Spurrier, Kieran Gillen, and Al Ewing just be the architects for Marvel from now from, from now until the end of time? Like, if, if, if it can't be Hickman, you know? So I feel um, like Hickman paid us back later because of the story it doesn't hurt it in any way that the X-Men yeah. stuff is confusing, but they're not really central. You know, th like the fact that there's no Wolverine moment, I guess he's dead when this is happening. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, no... I, 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 yeah, that's true. I haven't thought about that, but there is, there's no cool big Wolverine moment. And I think it could be, I think they killed him before secret wars or did they not? I don't remember. Anymore. It's like, okay. So, cause it's old man Logan. And I think they're like, because we got an old man Logan book, and at least we got some Sorrentino mm -hmm. art. And he, that's that, that comes out of after this, I believe. Well, we have an old man Logan spinoff. Yeah, we got, the, is, we got the the War Zone of old man Logan, and then Warzone. that old man Logan goes into yeah. the main universe. Yeah, right. So that's uh, we will talk about the aftermath of this, which is a, for Marvel. But um, but yeah, it does feel like the most underrepresented team here is the X Men, and then years later we get Hickman coming and going. Oh, you want? x-men stories how about and make it the best it's been in years absolutely so, no yeah you get, no, uh, you get more guardians of the galaxy action than you do x-men i mean yeah. there's no there's no big professor xavier moment there's no big wolverine moment there's yeah. you know and cosmetically speaking like i i, I remember maddie Pryor being in it a lot you know, like I remember yes. seeing the Goblin Queen in a lot of sequences. And I remember, you know, Sinister being in a lot of scenes and Cyclops and his Phoenix Force being there. And it's like, yeah. that's all. And I don't know if it was just Hickman working with what he was allowed to have or if that was him focusing on what he liked the most and was like, you know, they're like, you're allowed four characters. <laughs> um, I wonder if all the year leading up to the story was was trying to track down a phoenix egg that scene would have had more yes. weight like oh here it is it's like you know the fantasy four getting the ultimate nullifier here comes the big you know uh yeah. weapon that they set up they put on the mantle the check off phoenix egg it's got to come back in a big way and uh -huh. then uh showed up with a phoenix egg well what's this let's see where this goes and then it's kind of again i don't want to critique this story i love it but that was to me the weakest part of this was the X-Men representation and the Phoenix egg payoff and all of that. Yes. Um, but to go back to some positives, you were mentioning the Guardians of the Galaxy. One of the best moments, the whole time Star-Lord's there, he feels out of place. He doesn't yep. know what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, he's he's kind of there. He's just pilot. He's flying them around for the big finale. He crashes into Doom's castle. And Doom's throne is the... the from uh the world tree right yeah yeah uh, 
And this whole time, Star Wars got this little toothpick, and you don't think anything of it. And then he goes to fight, I think, um, Black, Swan. Black Swan. And he just stabs the toothpick into the world tree, and you realize that toothpick was Groot the whole time. And Groot takes yeah. over the world tree and burst out of the castle. It's awesome. Oh, what a spectacular big, moment. Big, crazy moments. And I think it's all those things that you like stand up and cheer for at the end of Endgame or whatever. This book is just one after the other after the other, I think, just yeah. lined up. Um, oh, yeah. You, you also get some uh, some moments that I think almost still yet haven't been paid off with, like, finally meeting the maker and Reed and having them mm -hmm. work together and having them, like, learn of each other. Because you don't really get a lot of interaction between those two characters. And even now, we're kind of like, I, I kind of want more of that. Like, I want to see what Reed thinks of young Reed, young megalomaniacal yeah. evil he's, Reed. He's in the Marvel universe right now. Yeah. He's still messing with symbiotes and doing whatever. Yeah. Well, that's a tease, right? As this big bad that's setting something up. And has that ever paid off? Like, he was a big part of, of the Venom crossover a few years yep. ago, like the, the Don Kate stuff. And. I think Al Ewing was using him in something as like, oh, watch out, the maker's up to something. But we've yeah. never gotten the, okay, time for me to kind of unveil my master plan or this is what I, I've been working on in the Marvel Universe. Like, we, we haven't gotten that yet. Yeah, no, I can, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. But uh, but even if we don't, it's still a cool fan servicey, but still makes sense within the context of this story moment in Secret Wars where you're like, look at them working yeah. together. Look at that work going on. Black Panther wielding the Infinity Gauntlet yes. or an Infinity Gauntlet is it, it, it's some of the coolest Black Panther stuff that you're just like, yeah, watch him go. But he gets two. He gets two yeah. massive moments. He gets mm -hmm. the Infinity Gauntlet and, of course, him like kind of realizing his uh, mantle of being like king of the dead yes. commanding the Marvel zombies. And it's like, oh, what a moment. It's, it's a great thing because he's been talking about it. it's kind of set up very early in the avengers run as is the the namor rivalry that's kind of a few other things yeah. and then by by the end they're working side by side and namor's kind of falls being like we well, keep talking about this you know king the dead thing what are you even talking about man and he's like what are you doing over there and he, he breaks <laughs> down the wall and he's like commanding the dead and they just kind of all the marvel zombies come out and bow to him and yes uh, it's awesome it's so mm -hmm. awesome um yeah. it's such a hard thing to do is create those kind of iconic badass moments like it's what yes. you want to read a comic for and hickman again he's just knocking him out left and right every other panel is yep. a moment where you're like, I can't believe they did that. I never thought <laughs> they'd use their powers in that way, or yeah. what a callback to this. And, yes. and you know, it's so well thought out and brilliant. Um, so I mean, yeah. keep praising it, but you have to because but, we're talking about moments. Well, and there, and it's such a um, not that they don't make great comics because they do, and I think that every you know the, the argument of like, oh, they don't make comics like they used to. I'm like, no, they don't. They, but but every year there is just like this groundswell of incredible books that come out, and uh, but it's so rare to pull off this kind of hat trick where because you 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 could one one could have like a checklist every year of like here are big things I want to see in the big event, like and you got to mm -hmm. check them off, and you could cosmetically recreate. The moments that you think you want 
that Secret Wars delivers. But Secret Wars manages to do it in such a way that it feels earned and is paid off respectfully to both the characters and the material from which they come and the story that we're telling. It's not just a cool moment for Groot to blast out of it. It's not just cool to bridge the gap between like Yggdrasil and Groot and making him the effing world tree. It also works because Groot has been on this journey the entire time. He's been Chekhov's gun since the first issue and we're paying it off here. And that moment of like destroying the, the like Castle Doom is one element of like a multi-part plan to take down Doom. It's just like all of those things coalesce to being like an opportunity as opposed to a mandate. And I think we haven't talked about this yet, but this is the definitive Doom story. Because really the heart of the story is what if Doom got everything he wanted and he was still miserable, (laughs) you know? (laughs) What if Doom won, you know? What if Doom won, yeah. And it's great character because they, they flash back to this moment where the world's about to end doom malcolm in and strange get the beyonders to steal their power and um strange buckles strange can't do it strange can't yeah. make the decision who lives and dies how to rebuild it it's too much for him this character who's always been very stoic very in control he he falters and doom who's always been an egomaniac is like yeah i can be a god i'll do it where our yeah. start, story starts right is doom has built this world family specifically reads he's uh-huh. everyone worships him talks to him as a god but there's still this kind of unrest and there's still this thing in him where he hasn't let i think reed go or yeah. uh you know the things that always bring down doom are still there even in god mode and Absolutely. that's what it's exploited, I think, in a really cool way. Well, he doesn't even fix his own face. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he's, he's still wearing the mask. He's, he can't bring himself to do it, or he can't do it. I, I think they say it in the book where it's like he can't fix his own face. Yeah, he can't do it. And there's a great payoff to that where once Reed gets the power, yeah. uh, kind of wrestles it from Doom and, and starts to rebuild the universe, he fixes Doom's face, and that leads to a really great spinoff uh by bendis where he becomes the sorcerer supreme right oh uh, that was uh he comes he becomes iron man oh iron man that's right yeah it's a mixture there is, magic iron it man. is He's using it's a magic, magic it's magic iron man yeah yeah right that's uh, what it that was, was it was a, such a good book too uh great yeah. looking book and it was so fun and it worked so well that was another one that i think was cut short before it's prime mm-hmm. where it was like oh like that that wrapped up sooner than it should have uh because what do you do with doom? As you said, it's, this is the definitive doom story. Like every time you use doom now, it's like, well, I mean, he was God. And now yeah. what is he going to do? You know, is he going to, you know, steal what? <laughs> is he going to blow up who? How could he care? Does, you know, the only way you'd fix it is like either to make him not remember that he was God in the first place. So he does it all over again, or you change him in some way. And, Having it be the one-two punch of like he was God, he he's shown mercy by his friend from whom he stole everything. Yeah, and like, what do I do now? You know, I mean, and I think that and it's if a moment uh, of weakness, he has to admit to Reed. Reed, yeah, Reed will be better at this. He admits that he's not as good, which is like you never you never see that. There's two things that no. this um, book does. You're you've never seen Doctor Doom's face fully. This gives mm-hmm. it you. By the way, that Isad Ribic. Splash page. That's the first time we've really seen Doom's face 
clearly since Jack Kirby created him, you know, yeah. which is crazy. Seen ideas, it's been healed kind of before, I think in the first uh well, Secret Secret Wars. Wars. Yeah, he fixes yeah. him he fixes it himself. That's the first thing he does with the Beyond His Powers is fix his face. And he yeah. Uh, yeah that's such a smart move too it's amazing that shooter uh pulled that off in the original secret wars where he uh just by being infected by the beyonder himself claw convinces doom of a story like just the, the possibility of loss and subtly forces doom to use the power to make it reality and it's like what a cool moment but when that happens doom immediately reverts back to himself and loses his face and has to wear the armor again yeah yeah it's good stuff and i love um, yeah this one reed gifts him his face back and he doesn't mm -hmm. it like breaks him because yeah. when you doom up after this storyline he's do iron he's trying to do good he's trying to be a good it's a hero doom book because yes. he's been broken the villain broken and he's not sure what to do after he's admitted loss, lost, you know, and uh, and Reed bested him in a way yeah. that he had to uh, kind of say out loud. So it's a really cool place to pick Doom up, I think, after this. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's like, it you know, again, it showcases like we all knew if you had who's the greatest villain in, in the world, it was just always going to be Doom. It is Doom. Doom. And yeah, yeah yeah it's it's funny it's it's actually there's the the showdown between doom and thanos for me is like hickman picking a side in the kind yeah. of like argument of who's better who's more powerful who's the ultimate true bad of the marvel universe because thanos makes a good point <laughs> when he's facing doom but he's like you know it, it with because it, it's it's two egomaniacs who have just unmatchable egos and thanos just being like i'll, I'll beat you like i'm you know his yet his, while his line will be coined until later his inevitability you know uh and then just having doom reach in and pull a skeleton out of his body <laughs> it's just such a, such a showy like uh no actually actually no like wrong um by the way if you i don't know if you have if you if you buy these but like the marvel legends figure of god king doom mm -hmm. comes with thanos a skeleton oh no way that's amazing no, I don't <laughs> have he can he can hold it i'm like I'm like, I should buy that and have yeah. it on my desk. I need that to remind me uh, that Doom is the best. Well, it's an yeah. interesting thing because I don't have anything against Thanos, you know? Right. But at its, at its very core, Thanos is a response to how cool Darkseid is. And I'm sorry, yes. that's going to bring a lot of ire from Marvel fans <laughs> who love Thanos. But look, Darkseid is a better character than Thanos. Thanos is a, we got to get our own Darkseid. And yep. when he first shows up, he's kind of a joke. He's in his Thanos copter. Uh, <laughs> he's not that menacing. Um, Starlin does amazing work with him, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a lot of those cosmic books. And yeah, like Infinity Gauntlet is a great story because it's through action, it's story that Thanos becomes Thanos. That becomes the character yeah. that we actually care about. He wins. He wipes out half the universe. He's trying to impress death. Um, he has some really cool scenes. And you know, from that moment on, he's a bigger character. And yeah. but he gets too much where it's like Thanos, like as a prop almost, like he's not doing anything interesting for the next 20 years. He's just Agreed. kind of, oh, Thanos showed up, so it must be a big deal, but it's really not. And then I think Wickman yes. finds a really interesting way to use him in the build up to this. And then I think uh, Endgame, you know, or all or Infinity the movies. Yes. Build him up and make him more interesting than I think he's been in a lot of the comics. 
mm-hmm. um, and make him more iconic. But the reality, if you've read the comics, is Doom is so much better than Thanos and has better stories and has been around longer and done more to earn being the character who beats the Marvel Universe in yeah. the comics. Yeah, because it's funny. You don't really get a lot of his character throughout the entirety of the Infinity Saga. And it's really the work of Infinity War to establish who he really is as a character. And because because the only indication we have is from the end of Avengers, where for all intents and purposes, we're going with the death angle. We're going with the death worshiper. He loves death. And we're going to do that because of the whole like courting death line. And then they just 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 abjectly abandon that concept and go, nah, it's really we're going to focus on the snap part of the character. And uh, but I think it's it's to the character's benefit because it makes it less of like a debate. It's more like, all right, yeah, I see his motivation and it's less hacky than it could be if we screw it up. You know, like if because mm-hmm. then we also have to we're already asking the audience to uh, to uh, to accept a lot. And while we are kind of like paying it all off at the end of our saga, uh, we also need to go, you know, do we show death as a person? Does death show up? Mm-hmm. Do we cast death? And then do we do we fear him if he's groveling for this character the entire Mm -hmm. time? Like, ah, let's just make him make him a genocidal man, like madman. Like, let's go with that. He he has he has a belief system that makes tons of sense to him. Yes, to him. Scarily to a lot of other people I've seen online. (laughs) I know it's I I, which I think is really mostly edge lording, but I I I I hope I'll get behind Magneto was right. I have a harder time with um Thanos is right, but uh it's interesting because I think you and I being comic fans, we always, I think our go-to thing is like, yeah, no, the movies are great, but the comics did it better. I would say there's certain characters, Scott Lang, um, Thanos that I think are better in the movies that are better. And you can see because Marvel will kind of adapt to that. And uh, the guardians, I think, you know, let's be honest. Star Lord was not a great character until he was a great character in guardians of the Galaxy. But the movie kind of nailed it. And there are times when the movies do do it better than the comics. It's sacrilege as a comics fan to say that, but Thanos is an example of that. I yeah. Yeah. Think. Yeah. I would say my my favorite version of Star-Lord is in Annihilation. But again, like he has to go through what is essentially the dopest event that Marvel, like Marvel Cosmic can, can accomplish in order to yeah. make him a character. But even then, it's like, no, they established who he is better in the movies because really uh, in at Marvel, he's just the remnants of a pulp sci-fi Buck Rogers character mm-hmm. from like a spinoff book in the 70s or 80s. And then you know weave him into the main book and go i don't know what to do with this guy <laughs> he has a, he has the one of the most clunky superhero names i've ever heard and uh what do we do with it even bendis was like i don't know make him like just we'll we'll just give him the bendis treatment you know yeah uh, absolutely so yeah, yeah i think i think there are places where that goes but and you know it's it's an interesting thing to me because there used to be this kind of criticism of um of Marvel, and I think it's changed. I think they've had some really good villains, but like the, the movies had a villain problem, right? That yeah. outside of Loki and Thanos, like they're they're some of them haven't resonated, and it's like yeah, because they haven't touched Magneto and Doom and right. Mystique, like the three best Marvel villains, you know, uh, that are out there, yeah. uh, and um, it's kind of interesting that we even we haven't even gotten to them yet. No, it's you true. Know, like, Doom should have his own f- movie. Oh, I agree. No, we have a fully fleshed out Marvel universe, and yet we don't have like a like a rogues gallery. Truly, I mean, 
as much as it would, you know, one of the other arguments is like they kill them all the time. How many great adventures are you going to have fighting Obadiah Stane or, you know, like right. Ronan the Accuser? It's arguably it, it, the, the, the real repetition of villains won't come until we get characters like doom and like you said mystique or you know i'll grant you red skull it's a shame you know hugo even didn't want to do any more of them and they didn't have the idea of getting an impressionist until the end of the damn saga but like all right fair enough um but yeah we're we're in this weird interesting place where like we got a fleshed out universe and we're finally going to get some characters that i want i i always pitched um like one of the phases should just be doom versus the marvel universe where each sequel you make is just him versus like just set up doom where it's like sometimes doom will team up like a doctor strange movie in which doom and strange face is just triumph and torment and so like they tech they reluctantly team up and like that's how you establish doom as an interesting character where if you set doom against different aspects of the marvel universe you can then flesh out who that character is and you you really engender him to your audience where they're like oh man i like this guy like sometimes you're like oh i hate doom he was such a dick to like scott lang in that ant-man yeah. sequel but i love doom because of how of, of that amazing moment with him and strange in the strange sequel uh, I, mm-hmm. I alas you know we'll never know but thankfully we have comics to fall back on where like there's a thousand great doom stories yes um, the one where he doesn't that, pay luke cage yeah where's my money honey i (laughs) yeah if only if only we get that moment uh but uh but yeah i i wonder and i'd love to pose this question to you as do you think they announced the secret wars movie too soon and could they possibly pull this book off no uh yes and no Uh, (laughs) right i think yeah i think they did announce it too early because you know, the first Secret Wars worked because it was made to sell action figures. So yeah. I read that when I was three, four, whatever. And I was like, yes, yeah, smash the toys together. That's what that series is. If you read that yeah. comment, it is we're going to smash all the toys and for 12 issues. And here's the X-Men over here. And here's the Avengers over here. And here's Doom and his guys. And they fight. And then they go back and then they change sides and they betray each other. But it, that's it. That's the whole yeah. book. There's not a story to it. Um, so I think, and then Secret Wars 2 is even more bonkers because that's like the Beyonder coming back and wanting to learn how to be a human. Oh, that one is crap, and it's really nuts. I love yeah, that book, that one, like, it's, it's insanity. <laughs> it gave us boom boom, so I'm grateful, but um, uh, nice. Uh, uh what were they thinking? One, so I'm not sure what there's to pull from. Then again, the movies always kind of take the kernel of the idea, the essence and do their own thing anyway. Um, But I, I, you know, to me, what makes this of secret wars iconic is doom. It's a doom story. Doom is the protagonist, you know, uh, he's always screwing himself uh, over, but um, yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have waited for that, but maybe they do secret wars too, or or who knows? I mean, I, I really don't know. Obviously, you know, where the movies are going and what's going to happen. And we're getting Fantastic Four and supposedly X-Men and all these yeah. things. And, you know, I, my relationships kind of are K 
case by case, like I'll love one. I won't like another. And, you know, it just kind of comes down to where the, is the writing good? Was this a good story worth telling? And, you know, yeah. if they can pull it off, awesome. I think people love to either go, Marvel's the greatest thing in the world and they can do no wrong, or the superhero trend is dying and Marvel's <laughs> trash now. And it's like, no, like this one's good. This one's not. This one's, you know, like, yeah. they, it's like any other movie or show. It, I judge them case by case. So we'll see what they can pull off. Yeah. Uh, uh, sadly, just by nature of the fact that Secret Wars, it's it's never a one-to-one. It can, and it can't be. And it, and it no, shouldn't it be. Because I don't no. think it would make any sense. But, uh, you know, we're not going to get, like, key moments like these. Because this book, this Secret Wars yeah. series, is a culmination of... I, I, it's the culmination of Marvel. Like, it is... You know, yeah. some, some folks love to be like, this is a love letter to Marvel. It's like, this is... This is the button at the end. Like this is a post, you know, this is this is the postscript to the Marvel universe entirely. We when when Secret Wars the book ends, it there's another universe. Like we we don't even call it 616 anymore. Or at least that's the They weren't allowed to for a while. I think they lapsed. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah. they definitely have switched back. But uh but you could tell and I think that was I want to say that was a Casada thing where he was like you know, someone said someone in one book called a 616. But as far as we're all concerned, this is the prime universe. And I don't like people saying 616 because it implies that it's like not the most important one. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I love the idea of it being the prime universe. But, um, you know, the, the the implication for me is like this is the this is like the Marvel 2.0 This is the next phase of yeah. Marvel uh, and, and that universe and these characters, which, you know, I guess you could that that as if you take that kernel of the idea. And put that at the core of the Secret Wars movie. That might work, where you're like, I'm introducing you to Dune. I'm introducing yeah. you to the X Men and to the Fantastic Four and all this stuff. And we're watching like, you know, Battle World is a patchwork of all the movies that have come before, which also includes, you know, like Fox and you know Universal and mm-hmm. all the and Sony, and uh, it's just all the you know. And who's Doom? Who is this dude who says he's God? And it's like, oh, yeah. just meet him. Here he is. And when we get back to it, I hope you don't mind being able to punch him or like take over his small country because it's going to be diminished. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it'll be weird. It'll be weird yeah, to be sure. It, it'll be interesting. Well, it's funny you brought up like kind of the prime and it's not 616 and this is new because i think the other thing that's really interesting about this series is it's kind of an answer to years of people going are they going to reboot the marvel Marvel. universe they're going to reboot it you know like dc has to do it every five years um or 10 years it's like marvel's due for one they're going to do it and and and, you know i think the ultimate universe as we talked about but the answer is no like yeah. they just brought in miles and a few concepts, you know, like yeah. weird world, be- it became a bigger thing. And, and some <laughs> of the ideas, you know, were used more, but no, it's the same continuity from, you know, Stan and Jack and, yep. and nothing's not broken. You can tell new stories in it. And I think it was almost kind of a like wink at audience. Cause you know, for years you're just like, yeah, they're going to, Look, there it is. It's it's in print. It says the Marvel Universe is dead. The one from 1963 now is over. And it's like, yep. not really. You know? Right. Not, not right. totally. Yeah, it, um, it is. It, it actually could have been a little like winking and not. I'm thinking about like the life raft angle where uh, Reed collects a few of the most popular Marvel characters to, to preserve from the death of the universe. And it reminds me a little bit of uh, the New 52, where it's like mm-hmm. it's a complete and utter reboot. Nothing's the same. 
except for all the Green Lantern and Batman and Superman continuity. Like <laughs> the ones that were selling well, they're very similar. <laughs> right. So <laughs> like Spider-Man, we're not gonna mess with. We tried it once before, it doesn't work out, but put him over here. He's fine. Like Captain Marvel, you know, Star Lord, the Fantastic Four, like those guys can stay. Uh, the rest is gonna change. Um, well, they did it. I mean, Heroes Were Born was their version of it to test those waters. Oh, yeah. It didn't work out, you know? And nope. <laughs> what was interesting was Heroes Were Born was a bad crossover, as mm. was, um, you know, Onslaught to a degree. And out of that came amazing books when they brought Avengers back and Cap yes. and all that stuff. And I would kind of want to talk about this event ended up being amazing. And I do feel like Marvel had a hard time recovering. From this oh, i remember yeah. there was um you know just a dip a little bit i know this was a real rough time for x-men um this era uh they were kind of just dragging storylines on i'm mm -hmm. trying to remember what the spider-man relaunch was out of this um, that's 2015 i mean it could have been the superior spider-man um it was all new all different it was all new all, yeah all all new all different stuff it it I just remember it was um, a lot of them fizzled uh, yes. and and weren't able to carry the momentum. It's a hard thing to follow up too when you have the best yeah. crossover. I remember it took a long time for Marvel to kind of get its footing back after yeah. this. And there was a few Marvel now and this like relaunches to kind yeah. of get back to it. It was um, by the way, it was uh, Spider-Man got the company. That was the whole. Yeah, thing. that was it. Again, I love Dan Slott's. That was probably one of my least favorite storylines in it. Yeah. You know, I think it was there were some lulls after yeah. this where they didn't have they kind of put all the creative juice into the story and they didn't have a lot left over. And there were some great books we talked about, um, the Doom one, and uh, you got the Z oh Doctor uh, Strange Doom one. Doctor Strange was great. Yeah, that was Jason um, Aaron's run. Yeah, right. There was a few that got some real cool relaunches, but I I feel like the major ones struggled like you know hulk yep. i remember was they were i can't remember again my timeline go off the mark wade thing was after that or if it was the jason aaron one but again it mm -hmm. it didn't really find its footing until you know years later with um ewing like yep. it was a long time until the the main core characters i feel like got back to something that was expected where there was i think some experimental stuff that came out yeah. of of secret wars that was really interesting Oh yeah, no. Uh, you when it comes to like, there was the only well different Wolverine. Uh, Jason Aaron's Thor came out of that. Um, oh, right. They they relaunched Old Man Logan or brought Old Man Logan into the main universe. But like, they also were hamstrung because you know we're in this bold new era of Marvel. We just like basically sent ourselves a love letter that said this is everything that was the universe, and now we're starting over. And we're still, but we're still not allowed to use or really like blow away the X Men or the mm. Fantastic Four. So we still have to yeah. artificially prop up the Inhumans, and we got to see what we can do with other characters. And it's like, you know, to 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 lackluster effect. Um, and you know, that was also I think a period where they the all new all different marvel era is just like you got a lot of really good stuff out of that the black widow mm -hmm. somni book was incredible yes that uh, was a great one you know the the new black panther book spun out of that that was also the the rise of nick spencer and the hail hydra captain america story which whether you would like liked that i that twist or mm -hmm. not made captain america relevant and interesting again you know uh but yeah and, and then there was all the rat like you know there was a lot of 
unfortunately forgettable stuff uh, in there that didn't really ride the wave. Didn't it didn't get a chance to really like it, it, it appreciate the success and the like fanfare mm-hmm. that came of it. Because um, and I remember there being a discussion that was the like that was the relaunching of a lot of books, obviously, and one of them was uh, Spider Gwen. And uh, mm. I, I remember hearing rumblings, that's how I'll put it, where um, some folks were given like two pitches or asked to give two pitches, one in which Marvel straight up rebooted and another one where they didn't. Mm-hmm. So maybe there wasn't even really a discuss. like maybe they don't even know what they were going to do until they did it. Right, and, it came uh, down to the wire. Yeah, and and the other thing is they they were lacking, you know, Hickman is was the without having an editor's status or being in charge in any way just being a writer and just shepherding certain books managed to herd the entire line into a massive story that culminates in one of the greatest crossovers of all time yeah. preceding that bendis was the one who did that for the most part you know with a couple mm-hmm. outliers being like mark miller civil war and so forth but like bendis wrote the big books that that sent th- that, that that guided us through like House of M, Secret Invasion, uh, Siege, Fear, you know, all these other other stories, yeah. and there was no no one no one person stood up and said like I'll take Marvel to the next goal. Yes, I, I think you're hitting on it. I think there's it's a lack of cohesion coming yes. out of this where, like you're saying, that Siege era, Dark Reign, and yeah, then Dark everything Rain. leading up. To this, it, uh, Secret Wars, it felt like there was a big master plan. Yeah. Um, I think after this was just this period of, of smaller events, or this is only going to be the Avengers over here, this is only going to be the X-Men over here, major editorial changes. Um, I remember the inhuman stuff and what did Cyclops do and yeah. you know, all that was, and maybe I'm just harping on the X-Men stuff. Cause that's what I read the most of, but I don't blame you. Know, you. There was, <laughs> yeah, out of that kind of, do they know where they're going? You know, right. with this, um, I don't have, they don't have my full trust, but like I said, I think there were little things that came out of this, like all new, all different Wolverine was fantastic. That Tom yes. Taylor run where it was smaller characters having more self-contained storylines that didn't normally get attention, having breakout books where the big heavy hitters seem to be a little lost. Absolutely. Well, and what's funny is there's really like the lesson learned from it is not especially loud for those in charge because out of these things, you got things like Moon Devil and Devil or Moon Girl and Devil's Dinosaur. Uh, you got the Sam Wilson Captain America series. Um, you got a New Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, Spider Gwen relaunching. Like basically, what I'm saying is, you have a lot of different properties that all enjoyed new life in multimedia franchises after this. And yeah. so, how can I say that it wasn't a success when I'm making all this money from all of these different franchises yeah. that these books laid the groundwork for? But which is what Marvel Comics is. Some functions for Disney is that they are R and D, right? They Absolutely. are yeah. generating the stuff. So yes, it was a very it was very successful on that end for sure. Yeah, but if you're reading the damn thing and you like loved Secret Wars for everything that made Secret Wars what it is, it looks like uh, you know Marge's makeup shotgun, where it's just like a lot of stuff all at the all, you know all at one one canvas. Uh, mm. So that's fine, um, you know, because you, like you said, oh man, I'm reminded that uh, we got Jerry Conway's Carnage book, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, 
it, unfortunately, the books that came from Secret Wars didn't match the heights of the books that were happening during Secret Wars. And it cast a large shadow for sure. And yeah. I yeah, and I think Marvel is like arguably still recovering from it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I wouldn't. So. I, you know, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying, like, it's you know, I I think Marvel is still tr- wrestling with the idea of like, how do we do that again? And the closest thing we have is the X Men. And yes, X Men feels cohesive in the way. Yeah. But I think I don't think we've and their their events all feel very cohesive and, and such. And I think yeah. that sort of became the model. And look, people also hit event fatigue. It's not just well, totally. Marvel, you know, putting together, but. There, the, the events now are much more. This is a Venom event, and it might cross yes. over if you want to play in it. This is a Spider-Man event. This is an Avengers event. This is an X-Men event, and I don't think we've had anything that pulls the universe together like Secret Wars did. Like, there's been smaller ones, War of Realms and stuff. But they, again, that was a Thor event that yeah, a, a few people participated in. It wasn't uh, everyone's going to get their moment. Everyone, you know, there's a this is the big thing that the Marvel universe has to confront as a whole. And I think, yeah. um, I guess you the, know, it might be able to do one of those again, if they can yeah. they have the right. I think the closest thing we got, you mentioned Venom events was King in black, but again, at the core, it was about Venom. Like it's a, it, it is through the lens of one or two characters and yeah. you get to see those moments. You get to see like Iron Man pilot, a celestial covered in symbiote goo, but like is that um is that a culmination of all of who Iron Man is? No, it's Iron Man using the tools available to him from the Venom story, and it's like that's yeah, cool. It's a cool but... Venom moment for Iron Man, is, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is fine, you know. I'm not going to argue with you. It's still cool, but like it's not. It, does, mm-hmm. it doesn't hit the same the same chord. Uh, so yeah, it's Secret Wars. I remember I'm I'm very thankful that we were reading that book when it was coming out, and we were like in it because. When we were in it, like, I, man, being on this side of it, where we were just, like, making videos about it, we, we launched a whole show called Secret Wars TLDR, where each member of our team was assigned a series, and we would do, like, a book club. And those videos did great, and everybody was talking about it. It was, it was such, a, um, such, a, such a moment in mm-hmm. time that where everyone was talking about secret wars everybody wanted to know more about secret wars people had their favorite books but they were also like on, only because of the limit of the dollar you know like oh i want to read about the the you know that story where captain america's fighting hulks but i just don't have enough scratch and i have to prioritize and it's like mm-hmm. i want to read about years of future past but i just don't have the time or money and it's like well i'm reading this one so let's talk let's trade information and talk about it and it was just like all that plus the dope ass book like when that issue came out and um i just want to give a quick shout out i don't necessarily to a person specifically but like to the design of that book itself and how it manages to create a feel Mm -hmm. and give you an experience where like you turn the page blank except for like a couple of really great graphic elements like the the logo or like the or the, the you know the the filigree and the like and, and the 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 lettering that says like you know oh god like the church of the beyonder or something like the beyonder died for our sin or yeah no it was uh, owen reese died for our sins you know like moments like that where you're like i don't know what that's supposed to mean like i know what those words mean but i don't know why they are in that sequence and just gives you it, it forces you to like take take time and you know because mm-hmm. if you're reading a comic book especially if you're excited for it like you will just rip through it yes but 
but the but the the pacing is so well executed and even when it comes to the to the printing of the book they weave in the experience and make it so that you are like that, that it forces you to like slow down and just appreciate yeah, it's what visual cues in the background and clues of to, to order you know and yeah. and i think yeah it was it was brilliant and it, again like hickman is never one to like handhold in a really good way where yes. it's up to you to kind of decipher through language and visuals you know where we are and what's happening in a very grant morrison way you know I think absolutely they're very similar in, in that aspect and i think you know the first or the second issue when battle worlds were built you're you're seeing it through the eyes of a new thor because thor yes. is the police right of battle world and there's the new rookie thor being taken around but he, no one's like well this is this world and this is uh no. inferno world and it's just you're just going through they're showing up uh at certain things certain events like you're, you're being toured through it through their eyes but it's never outright and i think it's it makes it so engaging because yeah yeah, I, I am. I'm so thankful that uh, you were like, I want to talk about Secret Wars because it is it is a book that can't be understated. It can't be like, uh, you know, it can't be overstated. We can't like not talk about it and waste time. Like it's going to be a dope conversation and it's going to be a, a book that I hope people check out. I'm going to just oh, screw it. I have the opportunity to do it in the comments down below. There's a copy of the like trade paperback you can go buy. Uh, if you haven't read Secret Wars, do it. But there, but unfortunately, there's no way to recreate the experience of like when it was coming out because like you'd never know what mm -hmm. books were coming. like. There'd just be these other books, and like and it's one of those rare things where I'm I'm very much like a guy who's like if there's an event, give me the event, and I'll read it. That's the end of it. But I don't want to read like tie-ins. I don't want to read all this other crap because I know that like for the most part, creators are kind of like forced into those things. They're like, oh, God, mm -hmm. I gotta do a tie-in this thing over here. I'm kind of telling my own story right now. So I know that it's like a half-hearted, a lot of times it's a half-hearted effort to, to, to tie into something that somebody else is telling a story for. Uh, but not the case, every book, like even under, even under appreciated ones, there's a great one from Williamson called uh, The Red Skull, which is essentially just Suicide Squad in the Marvel Universe. And it's yes. like, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, they all had good hooks because it felt yeah. like it wasn't like, okay, um, pitch me a story that fits in between these two panels so we can right. make this make sense. It was, what's the most batshit crazy Marvel story you've always wanted to tell that doesn't make any sense in Marvel continuity? We'll take it and we'll do four yeah. issues of it. And it, that you get that kind of excitement, I think, out of your writers. And again, I, and I've been a showrunner and I've worked for a lot of showrunners. And there are certain showrunners who go like, this is my story, we're doing this get on board and pitch things that fit for me. And there's other showrunners who are like, this is this world I want to build and the show I want to do, but I'm so open. And you can just tell the hook of the idea of the show. It's so exciting that everyone wants to add to it and, and build on it. And like, that's going to be a successful show if the yeah. writers are this excited and the showrunner is allowing them to add to it. So I think that's what Hickman brings is, yeah, this is what I'm going to tell, but also, have fun, go nuts, surprise yeah. me. And I think like, that's why you get Krakoa and you get this. That's true, absolutely. Yeah, you don't get Krakoa without this. And unfortunately, I don't, I think because Krakoa, because because Hickman left Krakoa prematurely, we we don't, we not, we're not gonna get Secret Wars. We're not gonna get the Secret Wars of X-Men, but yeah, that's okay. We have Secret Wars. <laughs> we do. And I mean, we'd be remiss not to mention there's these mysterious new Hickman projects that are getting 
announced. There's oh, yeah. Gods, and there's something with the Ultimate Universe, right, he's going back to. Yep. Yeah, uh, whatever. And, yeah, so we have more Marvel Hickman stories coming, you know? Yes. Will they be more like Secret Wars, or will they be more like S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know, but um, I, I will read everything he writes and yeah exactly exactly so check out that book jordan thanks very much for being here man uh before we go you also uh co-wrote the book minor threats which is available on june 21st in comic shops and of course online if you want to pick up that book it is uh really fun if you haven't already you should check out the episode that uh, in which uh, jordan and uh Patton and i chatted about that book and comics in general uh i do not convince Patton to repet to be Punisher, but let me tell you something: that book is is, is fire. Uh, but uh, yeah, minor threats. Uh, d- d- pitch minor threats really quick before we. Uh, before we uh, minor threats is uh, an original comic that Patton, I, Patton Oswalt and I and artist Scott Hepburn did. It is um, about these C-list costume criminals who, after the sidekick to the premier superhero is murdered by this A-list villain, uh, everyone starts. Cr- vigilante uh is broken and he's out there just uh crossing the line that our version of the justice league crackdown and becomes like a police state and basically it becomes impossible for these losers to to kind of do business and you even walk down the street without being harassed so a group of them come together and decide they're gonna go find the a-list villain and bring him in and collect the bounty on his head and end all of this and it's kind of a fargo set in a kind of the vibe yeah uh i have read it i can attest to it it's a dope book uh the it was it originally came out i think it's dark horse right yes and uh, so you can pick up the original uh, issues if you want or you can wait for the trade uh i highly recommend either one because it's a really fun story uh with some really really cool characters and i hope uh maybe if it if it's uh beloved by all maybe we'll see more of them you'll be hearing some stuff soon that's okay. all i can say looking forward to it <laughs> well thank you jordan for being here thank you everybody for watching and we'll see you guys next time with an all-new episode so long everybody <laughs>